Hello and welcome to Ode to Games. I'm Kevin Valine, joined alongside a Logan Plan. How you doing, Logan? Great. Glad to be here with you, gentlemen. Great. And Zach Ross, how you doing, Zach? I'm all right. All right. Got a lot of news to get into with uh, Sony and PlayStations. Nintendo's in the news as well. But just wanted to start off with uh, what you guys have been playing. Logan, what have you been up to? So last week we talked all about the backlog. And so this last week I have been chipping away at a few games that I felt pretty bad about not beating. Uh, so the first was Kirby Planet Robobot. I was on the final world, so I went in there and I beat like the last three levels of that. So there's another checklist on the backlog. That one felt good. Really good Kirby game. One of my favorites. I don't know why it took me so long to beat it, but I'm glad that that one's finally done. Uh, I also crossed off one that's been on the backlog for like six years, which is 999 on the DS, which is, what is it? Nine, nine hours, nine doors, nine persons. I don't remember the exact order, uh, but it's <laughs> a visual novel. People is the word you're looking for. It's persons. Of course it is. Yeah. And it's a visual novel on DS. Uh, it's the first in a trilogy. So now that I finally beat this one, I'm like, do I go and get the second one? Which is a tough decision. Uh, that the answer is uh, no right now. There's too much to play. I know. That game is really good. And I like the story and characters. But what bothers me about it uh, compared to, say, like Ace Attorney is that in Ace Attorney, the only thing you have to read is what the characters are saying and what the protagonist is thinking. In 999, there are paragraphs and paragraphs of world building and setting and other exposition on the bottom screen, and it goes on, and it is really like a novel. And so the final sequence, which probably story-wise, we learned about five to ten minutes of content, took an hour and a half. So oh it, God. it that really kind of uh, broke me at the end and made me not want to pick up the sequels quite yet. Really good story, though. Has a pretty cool twist. Also, I feel like the series we talk about the most on this podcast is Yakuza. I finally started <laughs> Yakuza 0. Uh, Kevin's lending me his copy, so I've been playing that. Uh, only did one sitting for about an hour. A lot of cutscenes so far, but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. my biggest impression so far is that like the main theme, the music, is hype. Oh, yeah. Yep. The music in that game is incredible. Especially the boss fights. Oof. Yeah, so boss fights in general in that game. So hype. I'm looking forward to playing more of that, but haven't done too much. And Celeste, I've been playing a lot in handheld mode recently. Been um, not having access to a TV a lot this summer. So I've been playing a lot of Celeste. And ooh, I sent you guys a picture after I beat one of the B-sides. <laughs> 1,000 deaths on yep. one level. Oh, my gosh. Took me three hours, 33 minutes. It was the span of like four days where I just put the switch in sleep mode, come back to it, try a few rooms, and then just set it down again. I will 100% that game, I'm telling you. All I have left are 10 C sides to do, which I hear are like way harder than the B sides even. So it could be a long one. I mean, like you've gone through so much hell already that you kind of have to at this point, right? Yeah, definitely. And I thought, no there, were, up. I thought there were only a couple of C sides, but no, there's a C side. For every single world, just like the B-sides. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plus all the strawberries I still have to go back and collect and all the A-sides. But it is, it's a brutal game, but it's still one of my favorites. It's so much fun. You guys know I love punishing myself like that in my games. This yeah. might be the gaming triumph of your life. I think you it will be. this game. If yeah. I 100% this, I will uh, screenshot that, 
print out the final like file select screen with all the stamps and everything and, and just frame it put it on your wall yep. yeah forever <laughs> i love that game though that's all i've been playing this week all right nice zach i you're also playing a punishing game right now only game i've played this week really <laughs> what are you doing what you're just uh, killing yourself and I'm then sorry. like nothing else to to relax you or anything it's it's Hard to pick up anything else when I feel so full of rage after playing The Last of Us on grounded mode. I got stuck in about the middle of the game, you know, where exactly I knew I knew this would be the place that I wouldn't be able to get through right away because I've been having a good time with the rest of it because there's at least some stealth aspects and I'm really good at stealth in these kinds of games. But this one part... I think you're the only one of us that's good at stealth. Out of the I know, yeah. it's weird, right? But, but this, this one part... You know what? Sorry, sidetrack. The reason I'm good at stealth is because I'm clever and impatient, because you would think that impatient people wouldn't be good at stealth, but I'm impatient and clever enough to work my way around while moving at a pace that's... I, st I don't get detected, but I also don't take too long and give up it's weird it's this weird mixture that just makes me really good at stuff but anyways i'm at this one part in the middle of the game where I'm, you're playing as ellie and you're in the snow and joel's nowhere to be found and you're with this random guy and there's these hordes of zombies that are just coming at you wave after wave after wave and you can't stealth because they know you're there and they give you very limited ammo and supplies and they one if they grab you you insta die and I just I've I've been on that level for about four days, <laughs> and I I play about an hour. It takes me like one to five minutes to die, and I play about an hour a day before I get so mad that I have to turn it off and come back to it the next day. I've gotten close to the end like four ish times, so I know that I can do it. It took me a week to beat that one specific pirate level on Uncharted 4 Crushing. So I know that I can persevere if I give it my all. But, and it's tough. It's it's really tough. And um, I really need to try out some different games to like calm me down, but I feel like this is a challenge that I need to conquer, much like Celeste for Logan. But uh, just because that's the only game I've been playing, I did buy a couple games. Of course. Uh, um, I feel, yeah. like, Obviously, I feel like yeah. collectively, over the span of one week, the three of us probably buy an average of like five games. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> the case. I did buy two games, both of which are significant in length because they are Japanese-based. I bought Final Fantasy X slash X2 for the PlayStation 4, which is collectively 200 hours. Oh, and then wow. I bought Catherine for the PS3, which is an Atlas game. And we all know how long Persona 5 is. So... <laughs> Hey, you haven't touched Persona 5 in a couple weeks. It has been a couple weeks. Because after I beat the second boss, I was just like, man, I could I could use a break. That was a bit tough. And then I went into something way harder. Yeah. And now I really got to go back to Persona. I'm just adding on to the list of stuff that I have to beat, which is like the least healthy thing I could be doing right now. Oh, yeah. Right after I beat Robobot last week, my yeah. first instinct was to go to the, the shop on my Switch and see what was on sale. I'm like, don't yeah. do that. You have other stuff to play. It's such, a, it's such a bad habit. Cross up one game, add five more. Yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. But that's all I've been playing, and I, I know I can beat it. I just need some time. 
Okay. And as soon as I beat it, I'm going to beat you don't much have. more things. You know what? I've got plenty of time. Okay. <laughs> so plenty Final, of time. Final Fantasy X was the one we talked about last week, right? That you... Uh, mm-hmm. okay. I bought it because of how emotional I got telling the story of my experiences with that game. Yeah, speaking of that, I, I actually did play one more game over the last week. Uh, last night, even, I couldn't sleep. I woke up, and it was like 2 a.m. Just couldn't get back to sleep one of those nights. Yeah. So I break out my DS... Pop in Mario and Luigi Partners in Time. Uh, and I went and I died on the final boss. And so after I died, it was like, do you want to go? I realized that I was locked in a save state where I couldn't leave. I couldn't oh, go buy more items or train. Oh, no. And so you had to beat it with what you had. And so I was really scared. But when I died, it was like, do you want to go back and play the segment before this happens? And I was like, yes, I do. And so I'm wa- wandering around this castle fighting some enemies when I realized there's no way for me to leave. So I can't ever go and buy more items. I'm stuck with what I have. I can go oh. and grind, but I don't I don't know if it's ever going to happen. You might just That's... have to start over. I, so I it... considered it last night. Yeah, it locks you into the final area. That's Until horrible. you die. Once you die at the final boss, you, um, you can go and explore a little more, but I don't think you can ever get back to town. So yeah, the Why? final whole castle I think I am locked into. I it's been That's... like it's been like at least it's been around ten years since I maybe thirteen years since I have ever been outside of that castle. So I really oh. don't remember how to get out. Yeah. But I want to beat that game. I want it more than anything. It felt so good when I finally beat Bowser's inside story uh, a few years ago after having the same dilemma at the final boss that I need to go and beat this game. Yeah, you got to look up and see if you can get out of there. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it Me. gives you a magic escape rope like Secret of Mana. Maybe. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, oh, the backlog. Yeah. As for me, uh, it's exactly the same as what it was <laughs> last week. And the week before. And the week before. Uh, played a little bit more uh, multiplayer Stardew. Still as fun as ever. Still uh, with its uh, bugs and features that need to be added. They... They dropped an update, and I don't know what was in it because it didn't seem to fix anything. But uh, there was an update, so there's that. Something Um, happened. Yeah, my biggest complaint is still the fact that you can't see the community center list if you're not host and you're not in the actual community center. It's really annoying. Uh, But other than that, it's it's just multiplayer Stardew, and I love it. And then... uh, Yakuza 5, still working through that. I'm on the last part, the last character, uh, and it's it's still super fun. Getting to play as, as Haruka was, was super cool. Uh, so, I mean, I'm saying the same stuff every week because I'm just trying to get through these games, and they're so long because, I mean, Yakuza 5, the side stuff, I've been way more enticed to play And again, like I talked about a week or two ago, the fact that the game gives you icons on the mini-map that show you where side missions are has made me way more invested to go and complete them all. So I've been way more into just doing all the side missions uh, for each of the characters, and so I've put in uh, 35 to 40 hours into five. So it's an investment, and hopefully I'll beat it in the next couple of weeks. And then I just moved to Yakuza 6. <laughs> the cycle never ends. Yeah, but at least that's a much more recent game that you can compare to newer games. That's true. I'm excited to, to play that and play the newest 
game engine. It looks beautiful. Yep. Uh, but the Oxa Five, man, I, it is it is fantastic. It is up there with Zero as the best Yakuza game. It's it is a blast to play. So I'm looking forward to to finishing that off. But oh yeah, that that's it for me. And oh, one other thing, uh, I haven't played it yet, but I did pick up Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Uh, this summer, I'm going to be on the road a lot, so I'll have a lot of time on the road with my Switch, and I've wanted to play uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 for, well, since it was announced, really, uh, never got around to it, so I finally picked that up, and I'm looking forward to starting that here in the next couple of weeks and, and getting to that, so Tell another me, huge man. game. Five games a week. We buy uh, five games a week. At least we're consistent. Tonight, yeah. right after this podcast, I'm going to pick up Detroit. <laughs> So that's four that's... for this week. And maybe I bought something I forgot I bought. Like, you never know. I did bid on copies of Earthbound. I got hooked on doing that for like three hours. And I just kept bidding and kept getting outbid. Holy crap. Yeah, it skyrockets. There was one auction on eBay that I hopped on and it was $50 for the game and the player's guide with the scratch and sniff cards uh, unused, oh. which is like the rarest thing. It's like people always ask, well, do you have the scratch and sniff cards? Because those things are really hard to find. And it was $50. And so I just kept bidding and I come back later. My maximum for that was going to be around 125 And I come back and it's like, yep, 215 I'm like, nope. Nope. There were like, where were, how many days were left on those? One day on that one. And it was a 50 when I hopped on. I'm like, this could happen. But when I put in my max bid, it was like, you've been outbid. So that means that someone put in like a secret amount they'd be willing to pay um, if they got outbid. So I was like, yeah, who knows how high this thing goes? Yeah, that is that's a mess. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's so hard to find. There are new factory sealed copies going for two thousand five hundred dollars on eBay right now. Oh, my God. Yeah, for, that's absurd for one game from the 90s. Yeah, but it's your favorite game, so one day, one day I'll own the box, the manual, the player's guide, and the cartridge with the scratch and sniff cards. It will happen. One day. Yep. Oh man, and and you you you're probably gonna have to find them all separately. I would, I mean, most likely, right? Yeah, I mean, and then things get a even pack more. Is just so expensive. Yeah, and things get even more complicated when you talk about the cart because there are so many places in like asia that produce earthbound cartridges that work on super nintendos but they're not from the original run and that doesn't count yeah because like i could go buy an earthbound cart that would play on my snes for like 15 bucks but it's just not it's not the same it doesn't have yeah, the, the yeah. right numbers on the serial code your wallet doesn't uh feel light enough afterwards no yeah. no <laughs> but yeah so that was a that was a bidding war that i was a big loser in have fun with that endless battle. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, but now, why don't we uh, hop into news? So speaking of Yakuza, it comes up every week. PS4 ports are coming from the three PS3 Yakuza games in Japan right now. And Yakuza 3 is due out on August 9th. Yeah. it. Uh, you know, there's no announcement for a Western release date and... Uh, that would have been pretty quick because Japan, that was a new announcement as of just a couple of days ago. So that'd be really impressive if they turn around and if they turned around and, and said it was coming to the West that quick since it took so long for Kiwami too. But yep. the ability to have every single Yakuza mainline game 
on the PlayStation 4 would yep. be incredible. Might make me play all of them. I mean, 4 and 5 are, are easier to get a hold of because they were released digitally and they're part of PS Now. So yep. you can technically get them on PlayStation 4. But Yakuza 3, for one thing, is still hard to find. Uh, I know Zach was trying to look for it, and he had a had a heck of a time trying to find a copy of it. Too expensive. $2,500 for a factory-sealed version? Absolutely not. <laughs> it's going for like 50 or 60 bucks, I think. I think it least. was like 70 Oh, it was up to 70 It was up to 70 Whew. It was pretty but, bad. Uh, but that's one thing. The other thing is, is that the Western release of the of Yakuza Three had cut content that would come back for this re-release. So that would be cool. The they cut out the Hostess Clubs, uh, so that would be content that has not been released uh, in the West. So that would be another really exciting thing. But other than that, uh, they're just uh, upreses. They're not Kiwami style games where they're like almost rebuilt, which they don't need to do because PS3 is not that long ago as compared to the ps2 but it's still exciting uh i hope that they come out in the west for sure yeah i bet they will i mean it, it's not that hard i mean i'm not a game developer i don't have to publish yeah. these things but it's really easy for me to sit here and say yeah just drag and drop it over to the u.s shop it's how it works so i i feel like they'll come over soon that translation man <laughs> and but those games are large but it's already right, translated. translated yeah yeah it's just a straight port so i'm pretty uh, sure yeah I feel like they I mean, except for the, the, the hostess stuff in, yeah. uh, in yeah. 3. Oh, yeah, they want to include the new some of the stuff that wasn't included in the original um, uh, overseas releases, it's right? It's probably yeah. very possible that they would just throw on the versions we got on the shop and that wouldn't come over. I think that's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. or or they could just do a quick look through the, the old scripts and try and fix any issues. Yeah. Because I'm sure that there's problems. Yeah, there but... definitely some issues, bro. <laughs> but, <laughs> definitely, but, yeah, probably. exciting news. Uh Yakuza fans like myself. Yeah, I was very excited when you told me that, Kevin. Yeah, so we'll wait and see what happens there. Uh, hopefully it comes to the West at some point. So those are some PlayStation 3 games. Coming to PlayStation 4, what about the PlayStation 5, guys? Sony has said the next PlayStation is three years away. Kevin, I cheered when we were talking about this news because I just got my PlayStation 4 less than a year ago. So this is some more life out of one of my favorite consoles. Yeah, and it was a little bit worrying when there were rumors that Sony would be unveiling the new console either this year or sometime next year. But yeah. it's reassuring that there's still a good amount of life on the PS4 before the PS5 comes out. It's very comforting. So what comes first, Final Fantasy VII or PS5? PS5. I'm going to say just barely. Did <laughs> What, what was there something about 2023 was that yeah <laughs> so no i don't know by 2023 I, yeah. like that I could think be the it's tail gonna end. be close to just shortly after the release of the ps5 not a launch title but not too long after maybe within a year but it'll be a ps4 game ps5 hmm i don't i don't know if you can do that maybe both i don't know yeah, because, it could be both. you know, they made Breath of the Wild for Switch and Wii U, and that's like a, quite a jump console-wise, so I assume they'll do something similar to PS4 and yeah. PS5. And this is also reassuring for things like The Last of Us Part Two, which I had slight worry in the back of my mind, like, what if this does get pushed to PS5? So this, yeah. this is all, I feel good about it. PS4 games look outstanding. Uh, the best games have ever looked. The PS4 Pro didn't come out that long ago, so I think it's good that this generation is going to go for a while. 
Yeah. yeah. Glad to hear it. And what? It was it 2013 or 2014 that PS4 launched? 13. 20. Oh, 13. really? I thought it was 14. No, it was, oh, actually, it was October 13. of 2013, I think, or November. Yeah, but tail I mean, end that, of 2013. If PS5 comes out in 2021, you know, three years away, then that's still an eight-year life cycle. That's quite a life cycle, That's yeah. good. That's yeah. really long, which is what we saw with the PS3 360 era, and that was the longest generation we'd also ever seen. Uh, so yep. people were kind of thinking, will we go back to a shorter one? And apparently not. And yeah. I think a big part of that is with the Pro and the One X uh, extending this life cycle, as well as honestly, the Switch probably also extended this entire generation's life cycle um, because, like, it's provided new competition, might force Sony and Microsoft to rethink what they're doing. Um, but I think it's I think it's all good that these consoles are going to be around for a while because with the Switch and the PS4, I mean, we're in such a good place for games. Sorry, Xbox yep. fans, didn't mean to yeah, alienate sorry. you right there. But there's nothing coming out of there. But yeah, it, it's nice. I'm glad that I'm going to get a few more years out of the console before the PS5 rolls around. Yeah. Actually, just earlier today, my dad uh, was like, Logan, why didn't you get an Xbox One so we could play games <laughs> online together? And I'm like, yeah, because there's nothing on it. And I, I said, the PlayStation 4 is so much better. And he's like, better enough so you can't play online with me? I'm like, sorry, but yes. And then I like reeled <laughs> off a list of all these games that you can't get on Xbox. And... It's, yeah, I feel bad for Xbox yeah. One players because there's just not yeah, a lot it, there. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. <laughs> Although, that Xbox Game Pass, that's a pretty solid deal, I think. So, maybe that's a, a little something? I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, but, but, I mean, Sony could hop on that train at some point as well. I mean, who knows? Yeah, and then if you get all Sony Interactive games for oh, $120 a year... How many games is that just this year? That's uh, that's God of War. Um, Yakuza's a PlayStation exclusive. Detroit comes out today, and it's a PlayStation exclusive. That's an insane deal if that happens. Yeah. But, yeah. Glad the life cycle continues for at least a couple more years. All right. Another PlayStation piece of news. The Vita is ending physical sales in the United States and Europe, leaving Japan as the only place where you can still buy... Vita games physically. None yeah, of us are Vita owners. No. no. Yeah. But, I mean, the Vita never sold very well uh, in the West, so it kind of makes sense. It's not like the console's dead or anything. You can still buy games digitally, uh, but for people who like physical games, it is kind of sad that that's going away. I would yeah, say but... the console's been dead for a couple of years in, in some senses. <laughs> At least here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is a really good indie machine, I know that, and it does much better in Japan than it does here, but especially with the Switch, I think this is the right call. Yep. The Switch is just the way to go for handheld gaming. And Nintendo definitely dominates that aspect of gaming. Yeah, they yep. always have. So yep. It's kind of weird I to mean, see the PlayStation line basically coming to an end on the handheld side, but I think it is about time. Yeah, I yeah. won't complain. I mean, most people seem to be picking it up now just for RPGs, so if you're not a huge RPG fan... I don't know. I yeah, do believe that the, that the Secret of Mana remake came out on PS Vita, so there's something. Oh, that killed wow. the console. <laughs> yeah, that oh. was their, like, oh, man, we can't sell physical games anymore, not after Secret yep. of Mana. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you can also have a, a conversation about just physical games in general off of this. Uh, I know I'm a, a huge proponent still of, of buying physical media, 
what are your guys' takes on just in general moving uh, from physical to more di- digital games? It hurts. I mean, yeah. I bought Bayonetta 1 digitally and then ate $10 so I could go and get the physical copy of Bayonetta 2. Like, I love physical games. I love having them on my shelf. I love special editions. So, I don't know. It it kind of hurts me that I think it's inevitable that when this PS5 comes out in three years that physical could be over. Yeah, that's absolutely a possibility, you know. as The further we go into the future, the least likely it'll be that we'll have a nice very probably expensive for them to use physical copies when it's so cheap to just do digital, even though that's not what everyone really wants. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if you, if you think about it for the business side, it's just cutting out the middleman of, you know, yeah, exactly. Game store. So from there, will just shut down. It, it makes sense, but yeah, it's, it, it's a little bit scary for someone who really does like uh, physical copies of games. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, all three of us are those kind of people. Yeah, I mean, but, there's all these like digital deluxe editions and stuff. I no, never, always physical. Like, now, see, see, that stuff I do not understand at all. Yeah, like I <sighs> buying a digital game is is fine, but I don't. The draw of a deluxe edition or a collector's edition to me is the physical stuff you get with it. I don't understand the the digital deluxe editions. It's just like some codes for skins or stuff. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Some it's weird cosmetics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that I, stuff, man. but it's weird because then you look at the switch side of things and I think we're getting more physical games than we've ever seen before on switch. And so that kind of makes me think that maybe they won't go away. All these indie games are getting limited physical runs. Mega Man Legacy Collection 1 plus 2 just came out physically. Uh, X is getting a physical release. Owlboy is uh, coming out, I think, early next week as a physical release. And that game's been out for a couple of years. So on the Switch side, things look great for physical copies. It's just the other two consoles, I think, it could really be phased out. Yeah, well, it may be it may be something where you're thinking it'll happen and it's just slower, a slower process because people were talking about moving exclusively to digital a couple of years ago and it still hasn't happened. And you still have people clamoring for uh, some people clamoring for physical copies of indie games. So there's still a market for it. But I feel like you're just going to get a steady decline where at a certain point it may just end. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be as fast as people think, but. I feel like it's going to happen at some point. Yeah. Hopefully not. Well, so if, if you want to get, uh, your physical Vita games, uh, hop on that now, uh, because they're going away. Yeah. If there's hardcore Vita owners listening to Ode to games, if there are any hardcore Vita owners left out there in the States, I I don't even know if there are anymore, (laughs) but anyways, we have, one more piece of news, and this one I actually put a little bit of work into. I'm pretty excited about it. Nintendo has filed some patents for Nintendo 64 consoles and controllers. Guys, I think this means one thing. N64 Classic is probably coming this year or next year. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I don't see what else it could mean. They've made a couple of those NES Classic. What else? SNES Classic? Yeah, they're just going in order. Yep. Yep. Seems like the logical next step. Everyone loves the N64. Yeah, so I went ahead and made a list 
of right now I have 19 Nintendo 64 games I think will appear on the Nintendo 64 Classic. Rattle them off because I don't know a whole lot. Yes, here we go. Uh, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Good. Mask, yep. Mario 64, uh, Kirby 64, uh, the Crystal Shards, Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie. That would be some licensing deal with Microsoft, but I think they'd make it But that would be this. awesome, though. Yeah. yeah. Donkey Kong 64, GoldenEye, Mario Kart. I think there will be one Mario Party game on there, and I picked two because I think that's agreed as the best of the three that are on N64. Perfect Dark, yeah. which is a early horror game on 64. Star Fox 64, Paper Mario, Super Smash Brothers, Pokemon Snap, uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron, Yoshi's Story, Wave Race 64, and then I have one absolutely oh, bonkers pick, um, which kind of goes along with Star Fox 2, how that was an unreleased game that came out on the SNES Classic. Um, I think that the unreleased Mother, which is Earthbound here in the States game, will be included on the Nintendo 64 because 20-something years ago at some trade show, they showed off Mother running on the Nintendo 64 and it got canceled like two years later. So I think my bold prediction is they bring that out of the cracks and include that on the N64 Classic. How happy would you be? Oh man, I would be so happy. That would be unbelievable if that came out here. Because people are clamoring for Mother 3 and I think uh, the N64 version was the early version of Mother 3. So I can see them being like, all right, here's Mother 3, but it's on Nintendo 64 Classic only. And people would go absolutely bonkers, both of hatred and joy. Yeah, Um, simultaneously. It it seems like a really Nintendo thing to do. Yeah, it does. (laughs) So what do you guys think of like Nintendo's whole classic line uh, kind of acting as a replacement to their old virtual console system? Yeah, I was going to mention that. And if they're going to get rid of the virtual console, it's good that they're doing something like this but my only issue with it is that they're they're only releasing a certain select number of games on these things so if if the game that you want to play is not on there you're you're out of luck you got to go buy the the original whereas i feel the virtual console had a much much larger selection of games to play so if you want to play the flagship games on that console it's perfect for you but if you're looking for uh you know a nostalgic game from your childhood that maybe wasn't as big i don't think you're gonna get it yeah like harvest moon 64 that game is huge nostalgia for me but i it's got no chance to ever come back and so that's a game that i luckily own but other people who don't keep their games like i do who get rid of old games when the new console comes out then they're pretty much screwed yeah, that that that's really my only issue is just the the limited amount of games that they put on there because it's super cool to have you know a mini version of the console, but but man the the scope can be very limited. Yeah, and not only limited number of games on the console, but limited number of the consoles on shelves. These yeah. things are that's so true. hard to find. Yeah, I remember ha- there being a issue when the uh, the NES one came out that there was like barely any. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it was a mess. And even the SNES one, I mean, it was better, but still wasn't yeah, good. Nope. Yeah, and Nintendo has said that they're committed to keeping both of those classic machines on shelves till the end of the year. But I've been kind of thinking about picking up an SNES classic. Um, and it went up on Amazon yesterday, and it was gone within five minutes. So it is yeah. still disappearing right after it goes back in stock. But hopefully it won't be too hard to find. Now, now the other thing that that brings up, you mentioned that 
uh, Nintendo is is like, yeah, we're committed to uh, keeping these in stock through the end of the year. What does that mean when you know when the year's up, or how long of a shelf life do these things have? The Virtual Console for the Wii was discontinued a couple of months ago. All the I mean, whole shop, had, yeah, not just Virtual yeah, Console, but all original WiiWare games too. I oh, mean, man. but you had a you had a decade there, but here, I mean, at least from them as a standpoint of releasing the consoles, what, a couple of years at this point? Yeah. Unless they do another run? That's crazy. Yeah. So it's got some issues. Uh, another thing that kind of bothers me about the N64 Classic, I think I've mentioned it on the show before, is that 3D games like on the Nintendo 64 have a higher perceived value than, say, 16-bit or 8-bit games. We even saw that with the jump from 8 to 16-bit with the SNES Classic. It went from 30 games on the NES Classic to 20 on the SNES. And so I wrote down around 20 Nintendo 64 games, but because they have such higher like value to the customer just in their head, which may or may not be accurate, are they only going to give us like 10 or 15 on the N64 Classic? Because basically every game I listed is a must-have if you want the entire collection of the best Nintendo 64 games. Yeah. And we talked about it, that I'm pretty sure that people would be willing to spend at least 10 to 15 bucks for most of those games separately. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so we'll see again. It's cool, but they, they have a lot of issues to iron out. Yeah. And that is all we have for news this week, Kevin. All right. So now why don't we hop into our O2 segment. And this week we're going to be talking about our favorite shooters. Battlefield 5 was announced recently. So we decided that uh, we should talk about some of our favorite shooters. We're going with one first person and one third person shooter uh, that we are going to list. So who wants to start it off? I will. Okay. (laughs) Wow. All right. Zach, unanimous pick. I figured that uh, I could start it off because Kevin and I share a third person. So I figured we could both talk about our favorite parts about this particular third person shooter. We talked about a little too much. <laughs> yeah, we've talked a lot about Uncharted 4, which is in my, well, it's one of my top, I think it made my top three, but games of all time. But just the shooting in that game was quite the step up from the previous Uncharted games. And I think it, it's got one, it's got to be one of the best third-person shooters that I've ever played. Uh, Kevin, do you have any particular reasons why you like the Uncharted 4 third-person shooter style? I can think of a couple reasons why I like it. It's just so smooth. It's... It is. It's really smooth. And um, there were a couple aspects that they introduced that weren't in the previous games that I really... They're like small changes, but I thought they were really interesting because usually... There's like these, uh, in the other Uncharted games, there wasn't like this really uh, specific indicator when you would get a headshot. And I kind of like to know when I get a headshot. So in Uncharted 4, whenever you got a headshot, the reticle, which was usually a white circle, would turn to an orange circle. And uh, it was it's a pretty subtle change, but um, I think it's pretty nice because I like, I just like knowing that my aim is on point at the moment it boosts my confidence and I 
I like to rack up those kills. And the other thing that wasn't in any of the previous games is the uh, marking system, where if you're stealthed at the moment and you come across a horde of uh, gunmen, you can, uh, I think you can click R3 and tag them with an arrow above their head so you're able to keep track of them. And I thought that was a pretty convenient stealth tactic for this uh so, so you'd be able to locate them before you decided how to best shoot them all down. Yeah. I don't know what else uh, really to say. We've already talked about Uncharted so much, but it's just yeah. a smooth experience. Uh, so much fun. It, And I don't play a lot of third-person shooters either, so... Yeah, exactly. I so mean, it, that too also leads me to pick Uncharted 4. Yeah, and not only that, but the... Um, the variety of guns is really deep. You know, there's lots of different pistols. Like my favorites, the Desert Five. It's got a lot of kick to it. It's pretty much a one hit for most of the basic enemies. And there's a lot of AKs and there's a grenade launcher occasionally. It's been a while since I've played an Uncharted game not on crushing mode, so ammo was pretty scarce. I'm trying to think of what other. There's just a lot of options. Desert a lot of Five different is, guns. is the best. Ever. Yeah. Desert Five is the go-to pistol for a game like that, you know. But uh, down dudes. yeah, exactly. And um, also the uh, there was not that I ever delved into it a whole lot, and I don't think either of you guys did either. But there's an Uncharted multiplayer that they've always had. I played a little bit back in Uncharted Two, and I did a very minuscule amount in Uncharted Four. But um, yeah, I think that's pretty smooth um, because I. They integrate the grappling hook physics and the shooting physics really well. So I, I think in a combat sense, it works. Um, it's not the type of game that has a huge multiplayer base to it. So it's not like a consistent online server kind of thing. There's not going to be a, a eSports Uncharted 4 team or that league or something like that. No, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> but I think it's a pretty seamless kind of combat system that I think works well as a third-person shooter. Yeah, I talk about it yeah. sometimes with Uncharted 4. I think that's third-person shooting perfected. It is just so yeah. smooth. Just the way it feels when you pull the trigger and your pistol fires and you see that little orange light up for headshots. It's just all just so well calculated and it just works perfectly. I love the combat in Uncharted 4 so much. And you can do, like, satisfying combos, too, with that grappling hook. Like, grapple, punch a guy into the ground, kick another one off a cliff, and then go to town with your gun. There's just a ton of possibilities. You can be pretty creative with it, too. And another thing I like is that if you um, stealth kill or melee a guy with the grappling hook or something like that, and you're out of ammo, you just kind of pick up his gun in a seamless transition, and you just keep going. Yep. And I really like that. All right, I'll go with my third-person shooter now. Splatoon 2 is my favorite third-person shooter. Uh, between the first one and the second one, there's not a bunch of changes, uh, so I just decided to go with the sequel. But I just love the colorful maps, the the layout of each stage, the wacky cast of characters in Splatoon, and all the weapon variety. I just love that game. Kevin, we've probably played like 10 or 15 hours of it together. Uh, we love playing that game. Um and the thing I think that makes the combat so satisfying is the motion controls. And this is something that for both me and Kevin, it took a while for us to get used to it. Kevin, I think you hated it at first. Yeah, well, and I've since discovered that I am only good with the gyroscope when I use the pro controller. Yeah. I still can't do it with uh, the Joy-Cons, even if they're 
uh, in the little grip. Yeah. I, I have to use the Pro Controller, but when I do, man, it's good. Yeah, and there's actually a huge skill gap. Like, if you want to be the best in Splatoon, you have to use the motion controls because it allows the littlest corrections that you can't use with a stick, and that's what's so satisfying about it to me. Earlier today, I was playing Splatoon on the Wii U, um, I was playing it with my sister who doesn't have a Switch, so we went to the original one. And first, I'd like to point out, I am now God in that game because all the good players have moved on to the second one. And so when, <laughs> I, when I go back to the first one, it's like 1,000 points, 13 kills a match, like zero or one deaths. It was, it was a big boost to my, my ego in that game. Um, how many pe- I wonder how many people are still playing the original. <laughs> it, it filled up really quickly. I was surprised. Oh. But yeah, I was able to play just like I was playing too, like... Lobbies filled up pretty quick, and we were going. Um, but just the the idea of a roller coming at you, you diving in the ink, swimming away, getting up to a ledge, popping out and shooting them uh, with my splatter shot. It's just so much fun, and I love all the specials. I love switching the different types of guns that have all the different fire rates and ranges and, and reloads and sub-weapons. I love that game so much. Plus, I love the music. It's hype. Yeah. Yeah, Splatoon. I, I want to put more time into that game. It is... It is a bunch of fun. Yeah, it's like a perfect summer game for me. Like, I love um, just breaking that out on a carefree summer day when I don't really have anything to do. And I'm like, I can just sink about an hour into Splatoon. It's it's the perfect game for that. Yeah. Zach hates All it, right. though. Yeah, you, you do hate, hate Splatoon. <laughs> I just couldn't get into it. I was I was decent with the paint roller back in Splatoon 1, but I didn't put a lot of time into it. So I never really got attached. Yeah. If you get a Switch, Splatoon 2, man. That would be weird if that was the thing that got me to buy a Switch is a series that I'm not very fond of. Yeah, but Mario Tennis is the thing that's going to get you to buy a Switch. I know, I love... Yeah, there's, there's going to be Ma- something else to get you to buy the console, and then you buy. Splatoon. It's weird. I just love Mario sports games so much. Me too, they're so good. They're just so fun. Except the Ultra recent ones. Smash. They've really yeah. fallen off a cliff recently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's They were great. It's been a little while. Yeah, since I would say the GameCube era was like the end of the peak. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. pretty peak. That was about. I mean, that was like the height. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. N64, like Mario Tennis and golf on the 64, and then baseball and Strikers on the GameCube are like the prime Mario sports games, in my opinion. We still had uh, Strikers charged, and uh, and another baseball game, not as good as GameCube, but man, it is really fallen off after those yeah on the wii u and the 3ds it's really shallow experiences so i'm hoping that aces turns it around and restores glory to what was once like man mario sports games just as good as mario games and that has not been the case for a while hopefully aces turns that around so zach's gonna buy a switch when that comes out all right yeah Yeah. first person shooters yeah uh you guys want me to go first sure All right, so my first-person shooter is a game that I've got a lot of mixed emotions about, but I've had it for just under two years, and I've put a ridiculous amount of time into it, and that's Overwatch, which is a game that really took the world by storm um, because if Blizzard's good at one thing, it's maintaining online servers because they've got so much experience with games like World of Warcraft and League of Legends, so when Overwatch came out two years ago and everyone started playing it, and I quickly hopped on uh, about a month or two after it came out because it's currently celebrating two-year anniversary. You know, I got hooked like the rest of people, and 
man, that game has been trying because it's it's just there's a lot of toxicity in it, a lot which comes with a lot of online multiplayer games, and there's a lot of fun that goes into it because I've got a lot of friends who love the game and you know playing it just. Sometimes it can be a real good time, and sometimes if you're like doing the competitive and it's not going so well, you get really frustrated, and then you put the game down, and then you're just having a bad day. But for as much time as I've put into that game, you know, I, it's, and I'm a person who's never been a big first-person shooter fan. I've never liked any of the Call of Duties or the Battlefields or any of that crap. So when this game came around, I was really hesitant to get it, but my friend convinced me to do it. And, you know, it's just, it's the kind of first person game that has something to offer for everyone. You know, there's like 20 some odd characters with all different varieties of guns and uh, equipment and weapons and stuff. So, and there's different classes. So you really find something that, that you can shine in and then you bring that skill to your team, and then your team wipes the floor with the other team, and you feel real good about it. And um, Overwatch, over the last two years, has become one of the biggest game uh, movements of all time. And right now, in terms of esports, it's probably one of the biggest esport competitions in the world. It has, like, a real league. Yeah, the Overwatch yeah, League came out. It's pretty rare. Uh, like... God, like half Six a year ago, ago something yeah. like that. Um, and I keep up with it because it's pretty entertaining to watch. Some of these players, you know, they're just insane video gamers. Like, mm -hmm. and they get paid. I think it's like between eighty and one hundred and fifty thousand a year each player, which is a ridiculous amount of money. But when there's like twelve teams in the league and there's stages and the spectacle, they're building arenas. They've got arenas. There's teams from all over the world. It's just, it's crazy. This game is huge, yeah. and it doesn't like seem to be slowing down because it's maintained so well because Blizzard is such a good video game company. You know, they really know how to manage so many different kinds of games, and, you know, that's just the only first-person shooter that comes to mind when I think of something that's really shaped the yeah, I think kind I, of video games that I play. Every time I ask you, you're like, oh, I don't really enjoy it anymore. But apparently you enjoy it enough for it to be your favorite. It's, <laughs> well, I mean, I've put hundreds of hours. Yeah. And over the past couple of years, and I honestly am not a huge first-person shooter fan, so nothing else really compares to that level of commitment. So if if I'm picking a favorite, it's definitely Overwatch, based on the amount of fun I've had with it. All right, I'm going to oh, run yeah. through mine pretty quick. i got to go to GameStop here to grab Detroit <laughs> in a couple yeah. minutes. Halo Reach. It's in my top ten games of all time, and it is definitely my favorite first-person shooter. We've talked about it all before. I love that campaign. It got me into Halo. The atmosphere and music of Halo has always been stunning to me. I've one, It's one of my favorite things about it. And then the multiplayer components, too. Playing the infected versions for hours on Xbox Live with my friends, even on school nights like back in middle school. I just have such fond memories with that first-person shooter. First Halo game I ever played, too, so uh, that spawned my interest in the entire franchise, and that game's just really special to me, and uh, we've, we've talked about that all before, but it's it's without a doubt my favorite one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to put Halo Reach on here as well, but I'm going to throw it on Halo 3. I'm also not a, uh, a big first-person shooter player. I never played any of the Call of Duties or Gears of War or, or any—or not Gears of War, it's third-person, but— 
speaking oh. speaking of third person, I haven't played the third person games either. But Call of yeah. Duty, Battlefield, never really got into those. But there was something about Halo that was that was different. And I played Halo one and two as a as a younger kid, but Halo three as a young teenager with my friends was some of the most fun I had. Uh, I just remember there's a certain part in the campaign where what we do is is you'd get back into base and your goal was to uh, kill everybody without them killing you, like your your own team. You try and kill everybody before they kill you. And <laughs> just like stupid stuff like that. Forge, uh, Halo 3 was the first uh, Halo game to introduce Forge and we played Sand Traps so much flipping the elephants, uh, the guardians along the edge of the map, all that stuff. I played Halo 3 so much, way beyond just the, the campaign. I have so so many fond memories playing Halo 3. Yeah, I love that one too. Never got into the online in that one as much, which is why Reach is uh, so much more special to me. But yeah, I love Halo 3 also. That campaign is great too. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. All right, we got to end things off because uh, Logan has to run. But any final thoughts from you guys before we wrap things up? I'm so excited for Detroit. It's one of the reasons I have a PS4, one of the big two with Spider-Man. I can't wait to go pick it up. Yep, and next week, Logan will give his first impressions and convince me to buy it. (laughs) So you can add uh, to the games that you're buying. Yep. Exactly, you have to. That does it for us here at Ode to Games. You can find us on Twitter at Ode to Games, and you can send us an email at Ode to Gamescast at gmail.com. We air every Friday on iTunes and any other podcast apps and services that you use. For Logan and Zach, I'm Kevin. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you all next week.